Welcome back to the Highway to Healing Podcast, all about breaking the stigma of mental health in our community. Today, we sit down and we talk about the journey of fatherhood and healing. Join us as we begin this discussion around conscious parenting, and we really reflect on our childhood and how we were raised. You ready? Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Highway to Healing podcast, where we are changing the narrative of healing and trauma in our community. Welcome back, Jay, man. New logo. Feel like a, a new man out here. Woo-wee. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got the new logo popping. Shout out to our <clears throat> designer for our logo. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're not able to watch the YouTube video, Jay got on a hat. Uh, I make dope. Oh, yeah. sh- <laughs> I, I make dope. Sh- sh- shut your mouth. Uh huh. <laughs> Today is uh, our launch, basically our launch of our new, new revamped Highway to Healing. Um, yes. And this is a very important one for me, especially you know talking about fatherhood and healing and how those those intersections collide there. Um, I'm going to start us off with a, a really powerful quote that Let's one of our, our mentors um, posted, which is Glessy, our, our Reiki practitioner. And it's a woman who heals herself, heals her mother, heals her daughter, and heals all the women around her. And guess what? That does not stop with just the women, man. That That's also us, right? Man, that's everybody. 100%. Anybody who heals heals themselves and everyone around them. You know, I could definitely speak to this because Glessy Healing, going on Mm -hmm. her journey, Mm -hmm. is what made me want to start my journey, which we talked about in previous podcasts, but I just want to reemphasize that. You healing yourself or people healing around you, I mean, it opens up those conversations, right? Man, for real, for real. No, it does. And it's crazy because, like, I'm just thinking about, my journey, right, and how I started to really focus on my healing and how the same thing, the people around you, people you come in contact with, it opens up this community to a whole bunch of people who are healing too and openly healing. And even the ones who are not openly healing, they're watching. Yeah. And they may drop a comment here and there and they may say, like, yeah, I saw this change in you. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, man, it's crazy how that just works, how that healing process can affect everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing. Today, we're specifically going to focus on fatherhood and healing. Uh, Jay is a father, father of of three beautiful boys. Something like that. (laughs) 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 And this is a journey that, you know, even though we're going on for ourselves, right? Your boys see you going on this journey as well. So speak Mm -hmm. to that a little bit. Absolutely, man. It's... um... It's something that I'm doing for them, mm. right? I'm doing my healing journey for me, but it's also to be a better father, to be a better husband, uh, and to just be a better me in general. And so understanding as I heal and as I go through these things, I'm giving them these lessons or I'm trying to teach them these lessons as well as how to communicate their feelings, right? How to open up now at eight five. Well, when the baby starts really opening up, he just <laughs> anyway. He already yells at us, so it's okay. But like, <laughs> but like my five year old and my eight year old, when they're going through these different emotions throughout the day, 
Like, let's address them, right? And trying to figure out what's really going on, what's the root cause, and things I had to do for myself, right? Yeah. Catching myself in these emotions, even reacting to my kids sometimes, right? Okay, why is this making me so upset that my kid's, like, having this problem? And just trying to, like, really dive in and then present it to them the same way. Okay, let's talk about it. And it's, it's whew, let me tell you, it is Wait, a very, on. very... So you, you talk about emotions with your kids, your boys? Oh, yeah. 110%, <laughs> right? Especially, especially for men, right? So, you know, we I mean, we talked about this in previous, but we're going to really dive into it today. But that was not something that happened in my household. And it's not something that happens in a lot of men's households, right? Because either one, you're just not taught to accept and acknowledge that you have these emotions. Mm-hmm. Then two, you don't have the, the space or the mentor to help you. Like Sharon, the bay therapist was saying, the language to go with these emotions and how to address and acknowledge them. Yes, and yes. so for me, knowing that I was a very angry child growing up, right? I short temper. I mean, even to some of my adulthood, I was still short temper. You see me, uh, <laughs> short temper, uh, angry, <laughs> <That's a fact. laughs> hot head. That for a hot head, quick to swing on somebody, especially when I was younger. Like why was why was that? And I'm just trying to make sure when I talk to my 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 sons. You know, especially my middle one. My middle one is a hothead, too. He has that that quick temper, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm locating all the time. Like, hey, okay, what's up? What's going on? Let's talk about it. Why are you feeling this? Why are you upset? You know, why would you swing on your brother? Things like that. Like, <laughs> why do we do it? Oh, he did this. Okay, so if he, he took your toy, what's a better way to communicate that you don't like him taking your toy mm-hmm. than just swinging on him? Mm-hmm. Right? And I didn't really have those conversations. Right? I was taught the opposite. <laughs> yes. I was taught the opposite. Somebody do something to you, you punch them in the mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> like things mean, that, like that. That was a, that's a big thing that we talked about with Sharon, right? The big therapist. Mm-hmm. It was when we don't have the words, you know, that's when we see it. You see us lashing out, right? Yeah. Maybe expressing ourselves through a physical action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go back to something you said, and it was just a little, a little snippet, but it was you're having a mentor, right? Yeah, and as yeah. a child, I remember the first mentors you have are your parents. Mm-hmm. And for for myself, my dad didn't talk about his emotions. Like that no, was a, a, a normal conversation. Hey, you're feeling this type of way. Let's let's have a conversation on why you might. Let's unpack that. Right. Yeah. And no. It's just super powerful that you're doing that. But I really want to talk about our roots, basically. Right, our roots with our parents and how that shaped the way that you're parenting now and fatherhood and all the things that came with that, right? All the things that you have to unpack, all the trauma yeah. you have to unpack, all the things you need to unlearn in order to yeah, be the yeah. father that you want to be now. I tell people this all the time, especially people who are becoming fathers, you mimic your parents a lot, in the, especially for your first child. Hmm. This is a new experience. It's a life-changing experience. It is, you have high anxiety when you know that time frame becoming a parent because you you have these expectations of how you want this to go. How do I want my my son or my daughter, my oldest child to be? And so you're putting these expectations on yourself and your family before you even have a kid, Mm. right? 
Yeah. And a lot of that is just because, you know, it's it's a really amazing time, but you're you're seeing them as an adult already. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure when <laughs> I want to make sure when he's 25, he has his career, he has a home, he has his whatever he wants. He's going to get it. He's not here yet. Yeah. Um. So one of my buddies, he talks about this. He got him a therapist as soon as he found out his wife was pregnant. Oh. Okay. And I was just like, hmm. That's an interesting thought. And we had a conversation around it. I was like, yo, tell me more about that. Why'd you do that? He was like, because I know there's a lot of stuff that I haven't addressed with me and who I am and and why I am this way that I want to make sure I know all that about myself. So when it's time to have my son, I can know how to handle and how to address and how to raise him in a way that I really want to develop him to the best potential he can be. Mm-hmm. And he was he's he was really key on for a lot of us who just go out there and have kids. You see in our you see in the communities all the time, especially our community, child or children, even grown people who might be 25, 26, 27, 32, still with the child immature mentality, having mm-hmm. children and don't know how to raise their children because they haven't dealt with their own stuff. And so that was a key for me because that's exactly what my experience was when I first found out I was about to have my oldest son. It was exciting. It was fun, but it was like, oh, shit, right? I now have this young soul who I have to help shape and mold. And you start going through your inventory. Okay, I want him to have this. I want him to be that. He has to be athletic. He has to do mm-hmm. that. Like, you're trying to put these these expectations on this child without even meeting this child. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like the, the movie Soul where... This kid's going to have his personality regardless. Your, your, your real key factor is to try and help shape them, be the best them. Mm-hmm. Not who you want them to be, but be the best them authentic to their self. And that has to go back to how you were raised. Now, I know somebody said that, but I want to go back to the original question about our, us and how we were raised and our parenting we grew up in. Yeah, It's so easy in these moments when you have children. To say, okay, I'm going to pick this, this, and this that my parents did well. And I'm going to throw out this, this, and this. Because I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. some people and some people go to the extreme. They'll be like, my parent was hard on me. They had high expectations. I felt a lot of pressure and anxiety. So I'm not putting no expectations on my kid. I'm not putting no um, kind of pressure on them. And phew, I'm going to be their best friend. Mm. Which is their parenting style. If you feel that works, it doesn't work, that's on you. That's your preference. And then some people are the opposite, right? I didn't have a father. I didn't have this parent. Or my grandparents raised me. I want to make sure I'm extra there on top of this kid. He's going to have this. He's going to have that. But I'm going to make sure I'm hard on him. Yeah. I didn't have any so, structure growing up. So my Yeah. So he has to have structure. Mm-hmm. So you pick and choose all these things that you kind of grew up with or didn't grow up with that you want to put on your children. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you this now. Those things are all great in the beginning, when the kid gets here, things just shift. Like <laughs> because it's such a high anxiety, high stress situation, sometimes you catch yourself. I, I, for me, I was not born and raised in a household like we said. We talked about our emotions. My dad never talked about his emotions mm-hmm. at all. You know, men don't do those type of things. We, that's that's mm-hmm. for you know whatever. That was the mentality. Okay, right? You so just go emotionally unavailable. 
parents emotionally unavailable, right? Right. It's not. It's not just romantic relationships that people yeah. can be emotionally unavailable. It's also in your parenting, parenting. and uh-huh. and that. I mean, hey, when we talk about that, we're talking about also generational stuff. Yes, because I had that same type of parent. Right, my dad was pretty much unemotional or unemotional in the household, mm-hmm. um, and then my mom would kind of make excuses for it. Right, like, oh, his parents weren't touchy feely, or his parents didn't say "I love you." That's why your dad doesn't say "I love you," or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and the same, and, and it explains it, household. and it explains it, explains it, but it does not excuse it. No, right. Uh-uh. The same happens. And the same happened in my household. I'm like, it's it's so important because, right? You do kind of what you see, mm-hmm. right? It, it, we're very, we're very much conditioned sometimes that this is how a parent is supposed to be. And so, same thing in my household. My dad was not um, emotionally available because his dad was not emotionally available, mm-hmm. right? In some sense, my grandma. Uh, was limited with her emotional availability too because they had a lot of kids. So there's a lot of kids to go to, to take care of. When you have these bigger families, it's so hard for you to navigate and make sure that everybody's getting exactly what they need, right? And so especially back in those times, you you got what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes that can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. Sometimes that can be beneficial for your growth. Sometimes that can be detrimental to your growth. Right. And, but that was just the way it was. And so now when they become, that, that generation becomes parents, they're just doing what they see and they're mimicking what they saw in their household. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and of course, with our dads, your dad and my dad, that emotion stuff, that's, men don't talk about emotions. No. What? 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 If you if you were <laughs> emotional as a kid, right? We're emotional as a kid. Let's say you cried about something that they didn't think was you should be crying about. Man, man up. Mm-hmm. What you crying about? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like those little things, right? Then I have an older brother. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Stop acting like a girl. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> real. for those Those things, for real. Boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. Man, Boys don't cry. Them, take them tears off your face. Uh-huh. Nobody see you cry. Nobody <laughs> ever see you cry. Little stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then I have an older brother, right? And my older brother for me is 11 years older. And same, kind of the same thing, right? He, he, got, he had it real, real tough. With my father, because he's the oldest, and of course, like I told you, like unfortunately, the oldest. I feel sorry for you guys. I empathize with you because I have my oldest, and I know I'm hard on him. And I know it's because he's the oldest, and it's almost like you want him to be the leader. Yeah, you set the stage. You set the stunt. You set the tone. You set the stage. You know your your brothers and your your siblings are watching you, and they want to you know they want to emulate what you do. So you, you you're like ah, but you also have to love the oldest. Yeah. We also have to make sure we pour love into them. And if I'm just being honest, that was not happening for my brother. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get a lot of love poured into him. And for my dad. Not saying he didn't get a lot of love poured into everybody else, but just for my dad. And so that affected even my relationship too, because now my brother's the same way. Man, why you act like a bitch? Like, <laughs> oh. Little stuff like that. Little Man. stuff like that. Yeah. And... But he was, what I will say about my brother, he was really, really good at finding that balance. He knew how to have fun and be goofy, but then he was also like, if you were getting a little too out there with your your emotions and feelings, he'd be like, nah, we don't do that. <laughs> nah, we ain't do that. Put, put these gloves on. We had gloves in my house. Uh, put these gloves on. 
we're gonna box this out or whatever. So just little stuff. Hey, that's a that's a big thing, and it brings me to one of my questions for you today, which is, what are you healing from when you when you going into fatherhood? And you, you said you have a friend even that was. I need to go to a therapist first because I know there's a lot of things that I need to tackle before I have my my baby. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what are you personally healing from that you know I need to make sure this is right so that I can raise my kids the way I want to? Man, first and foremost, just. Like the emotional, the emotional not being available emotionally, um, and then the the verbal abuse, right? Not necessarily like I got spankings all the time. I don't, I didn't consider those like physical abuse, but like I did get hit. I got hit a different time. I got hit as a kid and all that kind of stuff. No problem. I didn't see nothing wrong with it back then. I, sometimes I deserved it, but like I said, <laughs> but the emotional abuse, I think for me growing up, it was hard. When everyone else, everyone else around you is like, yo, you're so lucky you have your dad. Mm-hmm. You got a dad, man. Your dad is. And, you know, and for my dad, when he went out to the public and he everybody else's kid was like his kid type thing. They saw the, the great sides of my dad. They saw the perfect sides of my dad. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. that's the only side they saw. Right. But they didn't see the sides where I'm yearning for my dad's approval and never getting it. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So it it caused a lot of self-doubt, right? It caused a lot of insecurities, right? Where I really wanted the approval from my house and in my household. And my mom gave it to me. Let's not, let's not act like I never had it. Mm -hmm. My mom gave it to me. My mom poured that love into me. She always told me, you know, when I did well, I did well. When I, when I messed up, look, you know, gave it to me good. When I did well, my dad never acknowledged it. But when I messed up, now the thunder's coming down. What? Yeah. <laughs> right? If yeah. I messed up, the You're thunder's the only coming one. down. Hey, I know a lot of people listening to this right now can relate to that, especially in our community, man. I and, know. And we don't think about it as much as kids, even though you do think about it, but you don't think about how we're thinking about it now. But when I look back on it, the reason why I feel like I I sought after a lot of attention outside of my home, Mm -hmm. right? I I, I love to be the center of attention. I love to have fun. I love to be the jokester. I love to like mingle with every little group, try and mix in with everybody, ha, 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 whatever, is because of seeking approval. Right, seeking approval because I was I didn't get that approval from the one person I wanted it from. Everybody else can validate me, right? It don't matter if if at the time my friends, my mom, my siblings, my coach, my teacher, they would all if they validated me, cool. But I didn't get it from my dad, mm-hmm. and because I didn't get it from my dad, that had those affecting. It, it did it did cut deep, right? Yeah. And it was just like, damn. All I need from you is to tell me, yo, I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Right? Those little simple words, even even if I fucked up or even if I messed up, you look, you messed up this one time. We're going to figure this out. We're going to talk this through. We're going to get you to understand this lesson. But after that lesson, I do want you to know there's still a lot of other good things you're doing. Let's not focus on this negative. Let's get back to this positive. Mm-hmm. Just the changing of that messaging, right? For me, it was the opposite. 
If I did one mess up, like I said, that thing is getting talked about for days and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's thrown in your face. It's um, to the point where you start to shrivel up as a person because, damn, I made this mistake. Yeah. And then that's all you can focus on. And that's all you focus on. You can only focus on this one mistake you made. And then you want to do everything you can in your power to go back to this seeking approval of this person. And so even when you're trying to fix that problem, it's never acknowledged. Yeah. Right. And that cycle just continues to to the next problem. And it's like, damn. I like, for example, I when I was younger, I didn't give a fuck about school. I was like a straight C. Do what I can to get by. Straight C student from like elementary all the way to junior high school until my eighth grade year. A teacher told me, she got at me and was like, look, you not doing your best potential, whatever. Then I got to high school. People start talking about, you can get scholarships and go play football in college and shit like that. So I was like, what? What I got to do? Okay. I applied myself a little better. I went from a C student average, whatever, to going to getting like honor roll my first, my freshman year at high school. Do you think that was nothing like acknowledged to like. Nothing. The growth, or just like if in, if if anything, it was where was this last year, or <laughs> that's exactly what those conversations are like. Uh-huh. It was like, well, why weren't you doing this this whole time? Type thing. Yeah, yeah. It was never, yo. And you can say that to my, to my to me on my point. You can say with that that piece, but you can't lead with that piece. Mm-hmm. You can lead with like, yo, this is really good. That's awesome, Jay. Woo woo. Now I want to see this all the time. You know, the stuff we did. Yeah, I have no that more. same exact story. Something I was flipped. I was super good student in middle school, elementary school, went to high school. My first report card, it was like A's, B's. I had a C. And, and Pops was like, what's up with this C? And I was like, you know how hard I tried? I was like, man. <laughs> and, and see, the thing is, and I know what their ideology behind it is. They're trying to make sure to keep keep you elevating, right? They're going to keep you focused on progress, progress, progress. But if you don't acknowledge that progress in between, I'm not focusing on the progress. I'm not focusing on the things that I'm doing good. I'm focusing on like, yo, why can't I get this one little thing off my back? Or why can't I get this right? Yeah. And and that was something that was really deep in my household. And so for me as a father, right? Fast forward to me as a father, those are the things I really focus on, on validating my kids as much as I can possible because I know how important that is. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you sharing that, right? Because especially as, as men, right? And we're supposed to have this strong shield and extra armor and all this extra stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Talk, you know, talk, talk. It could be hard to tell people that, you know, I didn't get the the love that I was looking for or the the praise that I was looking for or the attention or what have you or whatever, right? Because people will just focus on them. Man, you had a dad. Man, I don't want to hear you had a dad there. Like, you're already 100 times better than whatever, right? So mm-hmm. just sharing that, right? And obviously, that's why we built this community so we could share these things openly without judgment and in a safe, a safe space. Um, I just appreciate you sharing that because it is a shared experience, right? Yeah. I felt no doubt. No pretty doubt. much that same way. And I know there's a, a whole bunch of people out there that felt the same way. 
that just haven't expressed it or just keep it in because we're we're afraid to express it because of how we may look to other people. So I mm-hmm. appreciate you and sharing that with us. And we're conditioned and we're conditioned to be that way, to keep those feelings inside. Right? And it's not until you start actually unpacking your own trauma, past trauma, either the ones that you receive from generational the generational trauma or the only the ones you created yourself in these experiences and things you go through life, you're never acknowledging those true things that you feel and you want to leave in the back of the in the back of your head. For example, even this having having this conversation a couple of years ago, I wouldn't be able to have it because I would be more concerned about like how it's gonna make my dad look than compared to how it's how that I feel. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean we had because that conversation people, when we started this podcast, right? Was yep. like parts of our family. <laughs> right? Certain people pose that question. Like you know, how much are you actually going to say? Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I know that my significant other said the same thing, right? Like, are you actually going to tell your story about, you know, because in the yeah. first, when I first met her, um, I was at odds with my dad, right? We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So she was looking at me like, are you really going to tell, tell your story on a podcast? <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because it's my story, like. Regardless of how it's going to make someone else feel, I own that because it's my story. So if I feel like I need to get that out, then I need to get that out for myself. Exactly. Because that's when the healing actually starts. If we can acknowledge it, how can we actually heal from it? You're not going to never necessarily heal from it, right? Yeah. So that's where I had to get to the same thing where you got to, where it was just like, I love my dad. My dad's a great person. Don't get it twisted. In no way it's... For us to bash our father. Yeah, it's not or it's not bashing our loved ones or anything. It's just Yeah, it's it's more so everyone needs to hear these kind of conversations. Because we all experienced it some form or fashion. And it's important because I guarantee you someone's gonna now have that conversation with their parent. Right? And me and my dad, I've tried to have this conversation with him, but he he not he not gonna hear it. <laughs> He's not ready for that. Right? He wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And that's fine, right? He's, that's fine. You're not ready to have that conversation. It's fine. But that doesn't mean I got to stop my healing process because you're not ready to receive it. Right. My job is to heal me. Mm-hmm. Right? And so my focus is on my self-healing. And this is a part of my it's self-healing. Not, hey, it's not your job <laughs> to heal your parents. It's not your yeah, job. No. To heal your loved ones, it's not your job. It's your job to heal yourself, and mm-hmm. anyone that wants to heal will come on board and, and heal in their own way. Exactly, exactly. And so, I mean, and that's part of it. So, and then in terms of uh, going back to like the fatherhood piece of it, me being a father. So, all those little things, like I said, that the inventory that you take, mm-hmm. those were the inventory things I said in the beginning. But let me be honest. I'm gonna be very honest about this. Especially with my oldest son, there were a good a good portion of good times where I was reverting to what I grew up in as well. Mm-hmm. Right, I lost sight sight of my inventory, and in some of those moments, you just reverted right back to what I was used to and what I grew up in. Right, because so whether, tell, whether you like it or not, it's ingrained in you. So you're it's ingrained in you. You're, you're yes, fighting absolutely. your programming every day. We're mm-hmm. fighting our programming. And so you. And I'm not a father conscious. yet, so I'm not speaking from from that point of view. Um, but I 
I had a father, <laughs> so I'll speak, I'll speak yeah. from that point of view. And I know that I have some things that are ingrained in me, even from my mother's perspective, right? And my family's perspective. I have a whole bunch of things yeah. that are inside of my programming that some things I like. You said some things I want to keep and and mm-hmm. keep fostering that, and some things I'm gonna tweak. Um, I'm trying and to also avoid that trap of going too far to the extreme. Yes. To where yes. now I'm like super best friend parent yeah. or what have you right so i appreciate that now and you know what's what's cool hold on real quick i want to end this piece real quick go ahead, like, go what's ahead. really what's really cool um about that is <laughs> you check yourself hmm. so i had to be very conscious in those moments of realizing like yo what are you doing even having conversations with my wife like, if you see me doing this, please please check me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I know the damage some of those things do. But it's so ingrained in my programming, like you said. Sometimes you just react. It's a reflex. It's a reflex. Yeah. And I was like, hey, just, you know, hold me accountable. I might hold myself accountable, but hold me accountable too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know the damage it does and you don't want that to happen to your own kids. And so you have to be very conscious. And it's just like anything. When you're reprogram- reprogramming and... It's going to take time and you have to be conscious about it. You have to be reflective on it and you have to be able to be vulnerable with yourself and be like, yo, okay, I messed up in this situation. How can I fix it? Because I know for a fact, my dad, there's plenty of times he probably looks back and realizes, like, "Mm, you know what? Maybe I didn't handle this the best way, Mm -hmm. but do we ever have that conversation? Did he ever come back and really try to repair that? No, because that's not what men did. Now, right now, saying that, do you do that in your uh, fatherhood experience? With my, my fatherhood, absolutely. I tell my kids sorry and I apologize to them when I, if I go too too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize to my kids um, if I feel like I'm neglecting them. Uh, I, I apologize to my kids for a lot of stuff because I want them to be to hear that one, a man can apologize, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be real with you, I, like not hearing my dad apologize for stuff, it was hard for me to apologize when I'm out there in, in my relationships. It was hard for me to apologize and like admit when I was wrong, um, with even with friends and family, Yeah, because that was not something that was modeled to me from my dad. From my mom, yes, she did it all the time. But once again, here goes these, these how did mine plays tricks on you? Yeah. These gender roles that we kind of get caught up in sometimes. Okay, mom is always t- touchy-feely, apologizing. Okay, cool. I got a piece of that. Yeah. But this is what I was taught as a man and all the men in my life were this way as well. Mm-hmm. So you associate so, the emotional mm-hmm. side, the touchy feely side with uh, a woman's role. Motherly. Or a motherly role. mother's role. Or, uh-huh. you know, I have great aunts in my, in my family, right? Great grandmother in my family. Mm-hmm. So associated with aunts roles. Whereas mm-hmm. my uncles in my life, were kind of like stoic, mm-hmm. didn't talk to very much, <laughs> right? My dad's and the you, same way. Well, exactly. my dad's very personable. He's a very personable guy. So out there yeah. in the world, like you said, very yeah. personable. He talks to everybody inside the mm-hmm. house, not so much. Yeah, and and that's the key piece for where <laughs> I was just like, I need to make sure I'm conscious of all these things. Right. Because I do have a lot of connections. Like, I'm, for example, 
I was much like your dad, mm-hmm. right? I was out in in the out in the world. I can talk freely about all kind of stuff. Sometimes I can I can talk to anybody anywhere, and I I'm cool. Talking to some family members, talking to uh, people inside of my home about my emotions. Psst, nope, no, wasn't happening. <laughs> wasn't happening. Real talk, it wasn't happening. And not until my and not until I got married, really. And so then it was like I, you know, you have to communicate better. Like even in my past relationships and all that kind of stuff, I didn't, I wasn't the, the best communicator. I would just deal with it on my own, process on my own, okay, and then handle situations. And like I said, it wasn't until my wife came along when I was like, look, okay, I know this has not been working. Mm-hmm. What I've been doing hasn't been working. So how can I be better for my wife? That's a big one. Big, better, yeah. better for your wife helps mm-hmm. your father. Be, her, uh-huh. Right? Like It yeah, also helps you no. become a better father. And I want to kind of go back to some things we talk, touched on is having that programming of what a gender role is in a relationship Mm -hmm. or when raising a family, it messed us up. It did. It messed us up. It it left gaps that shouldn't be there, that any human can, can have the range of emotions. And the fact that we just cut that every day, right? The fact (laughs) that we just cut that because it doesn't fit the role that we're supposed to play, you know, it's really detrimental to everything that we're doing. I, I want to go back a little bit more um, and talk about your own healing journey because this was all about mm-hmm. our healing journey and how we started this and something that you said like I apologize to my kids for not or when I feel like I'm neglecting them yeah how do you go on this healing journey without feeling like I'm taking that time away from my kids man you know what that's that, that's been managing that time and space for um, being a father you know being a professional, working, um, being a husband, mm-hmm. and all the other roles and all the other hats we put on every day. Um, if I, if I'm being very honest, it's been a struggle, mm-hmm. right? Trying to, trying to fit, fit in like physical fitness, trying to fit in all these different things um, has been a struggle because you have so many things pulling at you. And so for me, apologizing to them because there are some times where I get hyper focused, right? And I'll be hyper focused on one thing or two things. And four hours might pass by. Mm-hmm. And my kids have been, hey, daddy, 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 daddy. I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well, before, I'm like, they'll understand later. Mm-hmm. You know, daddy's busy because he's trying to work or he's trying to get this going. He's trying to get that going. You know, trying to start this, this you know, and, you know, just, just set them up for their future. I'm trying to do all these things for them. Well, guess what? Kids don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Kids, what they understand, what they see is my dad told me no five times when I was trying to get his attention. Mm-hmm. And so with my oldest son, when I started realizing that was happening, like when I was just kind of neglecting him, trying to work, trying to do this, I got these meetings I got to do. I got to write these reports or whatever. But he wants his dad time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm taking away from his dad time. I have to stop myself and be like, what's important? Like, how are we prioritizing this? Yeah. Is my wife and my kids the last thing on my priority list? Right? In terms of what I get done for the day. And you had to, I had to check myself. 
and be like, look, these things that I'm putting in front of them right now, because I think I'm doing it for them, but I'm taking away my time for them, mm. is not helping me establish a better relationship, about having me be the best father or the best husband. And I need to flip that, put them back up top where that's where they've always been anyway, in my eyes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. but make them see it and make them feel it that they're at the top of my priority. Yeah. And then everything else, hey, I can get it in when I get it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm very I'm very adamant now on when I do some of my work, especially with, like, school and teaching and stuff, it's going to have to wait till my kids are asleep. Mm-hmm. So, if that means I got to be up to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning getting some stuff done, I'm up to 1, 2 o'clock getting some stuff done because I need to be a father, and they need to see their father in their life, doing things with them, playing with them, having fun, telling them I love them, joking around. They need to see that on a daily basis. And and I would say that goes back to the healing, right? Because when I I asked you, what are you healing from? You're grabbing that that nugget from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like, I need my kids to see that I'm there and that I love them and that I have time for them and I make time for them. And all those things, right? And when we go back, even say like our grandparents' age, it was, man, I, I put food on your table, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That yep. was my job. My, I did my Provider. job. That's how I show you that I love you is by providing, by putting food on the table, by keeping the roof over your head. And when they internalize that, that I am showing you I love you. I put food on your table, but you're not showing me how you love me in the way that I, I'm trying to receive it. So now there's a void and then that or, gets passed down and passed down and passed down. Yeah. And now we're like, man, what are you talking about? I, look, he got the freshest J's. He, he, he eating, he's eating good. Like, yeah, man, man, obviously I trap. love this kid, but yeah, we get caught in that trap. <laughs> we, we get, get caught, caught in the trap. trap. You know, and, and I saw Mr. Fab did an interview once and he said this and I, it stuck with me ever since. He said that the youth and the kids needs your presence and not your presence. Mm. You know, they need your physical presence in their life, their emotional presence in their life. They don't need your presence. They don't need all the shoes, the toys, the video games, Mm -hmm. because those are all superficial. Right. Those are all things that once they're gone, they're gone. Right. And all you become now is is a bank. Mm -hmm. You become the cash cow. Mm -hmm. But. As a parent, you, they need to see your presence right. in front of. Hey, and, I have a. And I have also a school thing today. That we know kids are going to ask for things, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to ask for the presents, the yeah, the shoes, the clothes, the the hottest new toy, the hottest new system, what have you. Yep. But at the end of it, because I remember I was definitely like that. Like, what do you mean I can't get the N sixty four? What do you mean, <laughs> right? But at the end of it, when I get up older, you talk about those things you remember when you get up older. You mm-hmm. remember those times where you were with your family together in a single room, yeah. talking or laughing or watching TV all together. You remember their presence more than their presence. Yeah, I really like absolutely. That. It's interesting we're talking about fatherhood and all these things because it starts with us. Mm-hmm. It starts with us, the fathers, of really doing the work for ourselves with unpacking the things that we have experienced in our childhood, acknowledging that these things happen, you know, and growing from them, learning from them, 
and trying to really do our best to move on. You know what I'm saying? To to um, reprogram, fix you know those some of those behaviors that we've learned along the way, and then instill that new and improved box and that new and improved information mm-hmm. to your children, mm-hmm. so they can be more aware. And I think, and you know, we're focused on fatherhood, but as you can see from the conversation, it's really every relationship that we have has shaped us, right? Mm -hmm. We're focusing on fatherhood right now, and I'm sure we'll get to the other conversations later, but it's every relationship that we've had and every experience that we've had that's shaped us to this point. And a great experience that I think that you took your kids on um, was as far as the healing journey goes, was going to pick out crystals, mm-hmm. right, together. So you're taking the kids yep. with you on your healing journey, like making this a regular thing, right? We could talk about crystals. We could talk about healing. Um, come on, you're, we're going to do it together. Yep. Uh, so we're actually, we're actually trying to implement, trying to find some time to do a family meditation. Uh, one of my friends, Joy, they do a family uh, meditation, like, sessions and stuff where the whole family's meditating right and she has she has kids um and I'm, we're trying to in, implement that as well with us and just trying to have that time because you know my kids they be all over the place <laughs> so, so, so we're trying to get them to learn how to channel that energy sometimes right sometimes when you like everybody else is kind of like down here my kids are here uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i just don't have the bandwidth right now to get here with you brother let's let's all focus on those different energy levels but it's yeah, you know, taking them along along the journey of the healing is going to help better prepare them, not help them because they not, they don't know yet. They haven't gone through a lot of it, but they, it's going to better prepare them. So when they go through things, they know how to handle it productively. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll they'll turn to more of a productive way of healing compared to some of the things we talked about before that we've all turned to. Yeah. You know, substances and different things and yep, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And you know, this is just the preliminary conversation. We wanted to hop on, have this conversation between the two of us before we open it up. Uh, talking definitely. about healing and fatherhood. We definitely want to get some more voices here. Yes, so we're, we're going to open it up. We're going to make a panel. Uh, we're going to talk about this again, but man, great conversation. Thank you, Jay. For hopping Thank on. Thank you, brother. Always. We're talking more about healing and otherhood, everybody, right? We're otherhood. Yeah, everything. I like that. Healing <laughs> and otherhood. <laughs> but until then, you know, this is the Highway to Healing podcast. Jay, drop that. Hey, you know what to do. Thank you guys all for coming out to this episode. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts. We out, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Highway to Healing podcast with your host, James Parker, and myself, Jay Tobe. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please follow us on Instagram at The Highway, the number two, healing, as well as follow us on YouTube, The Highway to Healing podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Do what you do, like, subscribe, share with your friends and family, and we really appreciate it. Let's build this community together.